Hey there, it's me, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, that redheaded actor from Modern Family. I have a podcast. It's combining a couple of my favorite things, talking and food. Please join me as I dine with the biggest names in entertainment, people like Julie Bowen, Kristen Bell, Fred Armisen, and so many more. It's called Dinners on Me, and you're invited. Am I saying a chocolate souffle is going to get me to reveal all of my secrets? Yeah, I am. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Allison here. After we recorded this episode, late Thursday night, President Trump issued two executive orders against TikTok and messaging app WeChat, citing national security concerns. The orders could prevent TikTok and WeChat from doing most business in the United States, so not exactly banning the apps, but making it very difficult for them to operate as we know them. But the order doesn't take effect for 45 days, so it shouldn't affect a deal if Microsoft or another U.S. company manages to buy TikTok before the 45 days are up. But how might that deal happen? And what might things look like if Trump's executive order does take effect? We have all those details in this episode. Have a listen. If you'd never heard of TikTok before the coronavirus pandemic sent us all into our homes for months, you've likely heard of it now. With little to do at home, millions of Americans turned to TikTok to create and watch short, fun videos of mostly teenagers, mostly dancing, lip syncing, or pranking their parents. And while this social video app may seem harmless when you're somehow mindlessly scrolling through hours of 30-second antics, the Trump administration insists it might not be so harmless after all. See, TikTok is owned by a Chinese company, ByteDance. And for months, the Trump administration has worried that the Chinese government could gain access to the user data of Americans who use the app. The U.S. has also raised concerns over the potential for Chinese censorship on TikTok. Late last week, in response to all of this, President Trump said that he planned to ban TikTok altogether, that he would outright ban a very popular social media app used by 100 million Americans. So naturally, many of our listeners asked, can he do that? It turns out that answer, which we'll get to, might be moot, because in typical Trump fashion, pretty soon after he threatened the ban, the president changed his mind. On Sunday, Trump backtracked and said he might not ban the app altogether. Instead, he might force ByteDance to sell its U.S. portion of TikTok. Microsoft confirmed it's in talks with ByteDance to buy those U.S. assets. And the president says the two companies have 45 days to come to a deal. So how does the president have the power to force a foreign company to sell a portion of itself? And TikTok is a social media tool, a speech tool, used by individual Americans. How does that complicate the president's power over it? Plus, and perhaps most critically, is TikTok a serious national security threat to the United States? This is Can He Do That, a podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency. I'm Allison Michaels. Rachel Lerman, technology reporter at The Washington Post, has had a fairly wild week following the back and forth from the White House about the fate of TikTok. I asked her to explain the flip-flops in a nutshell. So Trump has been concerned about TikTok for the past several months, but he really started attacking the company just last Friday. And that's when we started hearing, oh, he might force 
TikTok's Chinese owner ByteDance to sell off U.S. operations of TikTok and Microsoft might actually buy it. But then Trump said, oh, no, I'm going to ban the app in the country. And then it seemed like, oh, maybe he would let Microsoft buy it. And then it seemed, oh, no, he's definitely going to ban it. And now we know that he has talked to the Microsoft CEO. Microsoft is trying to buy TikTok or trying to reach a deal there. And now we're just waiting to see if they're able to. So let's just understand then some of the basics here. What is the Trump administration's issue with TikTok at all? So they're concerned about national security. They're worried that TikTok has all of these American users and they're collecting a whole bunch of data from them and then giving it to the Chinese government. TikTok has said it is not doing that. And in fact, all of the information that it gets on the U.S. users is kept within the U.S. and that does not hand over information to the Chinese government. But the administration and several lawmakers are really worried about that because the Chinese government does have such a strong hold on the companies that operate within its own country. But the other thing that's going on is that Trump is lashing out at China and Chinese companies because of the coronavirus, which he has repeatedly referred to as the China virus. And he did suggest that if he bans TikTok, it could be in retaliation for the coronavirus spread. On the point of the national security threat, which is the piece of this that the Trump administration has focused most closely on, is there evidence that TikTok actually is a national security threat at this point? At this point, no. From everything we can tell, none of the information that TikTok is collecting when you use the app here is going to China. They've said that they're holding it in data centers here in the U.S. And from what we can tell, they are. Now, the concern is that there's always ways that you're not able to tell. So it's possible that it could be being sent back to China, although we haven't seen that and the company says that's not happening. But the other issue is, could it happen in the future? And the Chinese government, of course, does have a really strong hold over its own companies. And so it's always a concern for American lawmakers that the Chinese government could try to collect that data. To that point, have we seen this before? Chinese technology or Chinese companies accessing American user data? Is that fairly common given global commerce? I think that the most common example of that is Huawei, which is the Chinese maker of cell phones and networking equipment and things like that. And there has been concerns that it is too closely tied to the Chinese government, although it is its own company. And then we've seen the U.S. really crack down on Huawei. But the difference here is that TikTok is a very consumer app. It has huge offices in the U.S. and it's really used for silly and fun creative videos has a different thrust. So how much of Trump's effort to ban TikTok comes from a desire to stifle some of China's power, given that U.S.-China relations are not exactly in a good place right now? I definitely think a lot of it is coming from that. I mean, TikTok has been popular in the U.S. now for quite a while, although it has gained popularity during quarantine and shelter in place and things like that. It's been popular for a long time. And it's definitely another example. The reason he's targeting it now is because of these escalating tensions between the U.S. and China and because of the spread of the coronavirus and how much of that Trump is ascribing to China's role. There's also this other piece of the story, which is that Trump doesn't exactly have the best relationship with social media companies. Even this week, both Facebook and Twitter penalized the Trump campaign for posting coronavirus misinformation. How does Trump's desire to restrict TikTok fit into that storyline? Is it completely separate from his overall relationship with social media companies? 
I don't think that it ever can be completely separate. I mean, he's been kind of lashing out at Twitter, especially this year, because Twitter started labeling his tweets with fact checks and with notices that he violated their policies. The other thing that's been going on is that TikTok has a large coalition of younger users, and some of these teens are running campaigns to embarrass Trump. They tried to get people to corral together and leave negative reviews on the Trump campaigns app, and they tried to reserve a whole bunch of tickets that they never planned on using to Trump's Tulsa rally. Now, the Tulsa rally thing has been cited again and again as a reason that Trump might be mad at TikTok. There's not really a lot of evidence of that. The Trump campaign says that they verified all of the people that were coming to the event, so they weren't surprised when all of those teens did not show up. But it is just another example of Trump's escalating tensions with all of these different social media companies here. What about China's competitiveness in the tech space? Does the success of TikTok reflect growing digital competitiveness out of China that's not great for the U.S. in some way? Yeah, I think it does. China has amazing universities. They have incredible tech companies. They are known for being very innovative in this space. And I definitely think that that's something that the U.S. has brought up as competitive point. Oh, we need to educate more people so that we can compete with China, things like that. So there is some technological envy going on there. Now that Rachel explained why Trump might want to change things for TikTok, I wanted to understand how he could do this and where his powers begin and end when it comes to a foreign company. I talked to James Lewis about the two things Trump has publicly considered, a full-on ban and forcing a sale. James is the director of the Technology Policy Program at the Center for Strategic and International Studies here in Washington. I started by asking him about the part of Trump's approach that prompted the biggest reaction for our listeners. If Trump wants to fully ban TikTok, can he do that? He doesn't have the authority to fully ban TikTok because that would violate your First Amendment rights. He can say TikTok cannot be on U.S. government equipment or devices, that TikTok can be banned from the app stores like Google Play or the Apple App Store. He can do that. He can make it difficult for TikTok to work with American companies, but he can't ban them. He can't, we, there's no authority in the U.S. to ban websites. So if TikTok said, I'm going to move my stuff to Ireland, where they have a data center, they're building one, and you can just go to TikTok.Ireland. Uh, there's nothing he can do about that. So there's nothing he can do about that. But does that mean there's nothing he can do at all to cut off TikTok? Is my understanding that the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, or IEPA, is a law that gives the president tons of power. It basically says that the president can declare an emergency over any national security threat from overseas and then use a whole bunch of powers available to him as a result of that emergency declaration. So my question here is, since the president says that ByteDance presents a foreign threat, can he apply this IEPA law to block the use of TikTok? He could use IEPA to block some TikTok activities, but he could not ban people from going to a website. He could use that to make life very hard for TikTok. So if you think about their ability to work with U.S. companies, be on the big app stores, all the things that have made them successful, he can ban those things, but he can't ban speech. He can't ban websites. There's no website in the world that an American can't go to. So essentially, Trump couldn't outright ban TikTok in a true sense of the word, but he could use IEPA to make it so difficult that effectively it's nearly impossible for TikTok to successfully operate, at least in the way that we know it. 
Yeah, that's right. It's not possible to block a website, but you could make it hard to use an app. And so TikTok would simply say, want to use TikTok? Go to our website. And then it would be TikTok.Ireland. That would get around any effort to block it. And honestly, we don't want any president to have the authority to block a website because it is freedom of speech. So even the most um, obscure and dangerous websites are things you can go to in the U.S. because it is um, protected by the First Amendment. So have we historically ever seen other apps or communication tools be banned in the U.S.? No, we have never seen an app or communication tool banned in the U.S. You can ban hardware, the purchases of hardware, as we have done with Huawei. That's different. That's not First Amendment. Gee, that might be about it. You can ban people from using foreign applications on their government-issued equipment, right? So you're a federal employee, and the president can say to you, as a federal employee, you cannot use this on your government-issued cell phone. Your own personal device, though, he can't touch. Is there a world in which it might be illegal for an American individual to use the app on their own phones at any point, to download the app? No, it's hard to see. How would you make it illegal? What's the crime? The, it may be a crime in some moral sense to watch 15-year-olds lip syncing, <laughs> but it's not a crime. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just not a crime that is punishable. It's not a crime. Uh, you can go look at People's Daily. You can look at jihadi websites. You can look at Russia Today. None of those are good. All of them intend to hurt the U.S., TikTok is nowhere near that, and yet we don't ban any of them. Hi, everyone. I'm investigative journalist Kylie Lowe, and I'm here to tell you about my weekly podcast, Dark Down East. Each episode, I take you to my home in New England, where we truly get to know the people at the center of the cases we dive into. Join me and dig into some cases you won't hear about anywhere else. Listen to new episodes of Dark Down East every Thursday. Or check out the extensive catalog of existing episodes now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's talk about the second way that the president can at least force changes at TikTok, since that seems more likely at the moment. The president can force TikTok to sell its U.S. portion of the company through an executive branch agency that's called the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, or CFIUS. So explain to me exactly how that works. Under CFIUS... There are authorities that allow the government to roll back a foreign acquisition to say, we've looked at this acquisition. We don't think it's a good idea. You need to divest. And of course, the most recent example that is a good precedent is Grindr, the dating app where the Chinese owner was forced to sell. CFIUS has to say there's national security risk. I think they can make the case here for that. And then they can put pressure on uh, ByteDance to divest itself. ByteDance was looking for a way out of this even a month ago, right? And they were hoping that if they moved all the data to the U.S. and if they put Americans in their executive positions and if they offered different guarantees on protection and safeguards, that that would be enough to pacify the U.S. It wasn't. So now they're going to have to divest. Very touchy issue because the Chinese government has decided it has an interest too. It has an interest in maybe punishing the U.S. for forcing this. So... Normally, this would be a typical merger and acquisition deal, a typical M&A deal with a national security overlay. That's why it goes to CFIUS. But now you've got politics in both capitals that will make the deal much more complicated. 
In order for CFIUS to force that deal to happen, did they have to find evidence of a national security threat? Or does the notion that it's even possible allow them to force ByteDance to divest? CFIUS deals with mitigating risk. So it's not the fire department where there's a problem and they respond. They look at a situation and say, in certain circumstances, there could be damage to U.S. national security. And so that's what they've done in this case. They've said, as long as TikTok is owned by a Chinese company subject to the control of Beijing, there is risk and we are going to eliminate that. And just to be clear, what is that risk? The risk is that the Chinese government will use it for intelligence purposes, that they'll use it to expand influence operations in the U.S., and that they'll use it to censor content that Beijing doesn't approve of. Now, some of those are a little far-fetched. If you watch TikTok, you know, you're not going to get a lot of intelligence advantage from watching, uh, watching TikTok videos. But you could hypothetically tell ByteDance to use TikTok as a vehicle to implant spyware on Americans' phones. It hasn't happened. There's no evidence that it's happened. But there's also nothing that suggests that it could be stopped if Beijing tried to, to do that. Censorship, there have been examples of the Chinese telling ByteDance, we don't like this video, take it off. So censorship is very real. Influence operations, it's a little harder to see how a 15-second video can be a successful influence operation. The Chinese do have videos on YouTube of Chinese pop stars singing about how wonderful the social credit system is or how much they love the Communist Party. I personally don't find them very persuasive. Boying them down to a 15-second video is probably not going to work, but it's a risk, albeit a far-fetched one. Right now, TikTok is harmless to use. And if you could break the link with China, there would be no risk. And that's why the U.S. is pursuing divestiture. Right now, a potential buyer of those U.S. assets of TikTok is Microsoft. Why would Microsoft want to buy TikTok? Well, we should note, first of all, this isn't a fire sale. ByteDance has some leverage. And between saying, I have to make Beijing happy and Microsoft would still depend on ByteDance for some software, ByteDance has some leverage in this deal. And some of the leverage comes from the fact that other companies, one is reputedly Apple. I know there's a consortium of investors. Other companies may choose to try and buy TikTok. It's a valuable property. Microsoft is in the lead. They've gotten permission from the Committee on Foreign Investment to pursue the deal. It fills a gap in their portfolio. They don't really have a social media app that faces the public. It, it's something that would be useful for them. So they have the money. There's 100 million Americans on TikTok. And Microsoft told me that 50 million of them go on TikTok every day for at least an hour. It's what they call a sticky app. So a very valuable property fills a gap in Microsoft's portfolio, but the deal is far from done. Okay, so Washington has essentially said they have 45 days to seal this deal. Where does that number come from? Why 45 days? That's just the standard timeline for CFIUS case reviews. Congress built in a timeline because, you know, cases could drag on for months or even longer. And so they said, you have to make a decision within 45 days. It's a useful tool to force the committee and the companies to come to a deal. But look, it's like anything. They can extend the 45 days. Or what usually happens is the committee will say to the acquirer, 
hey, you know what, this isn't going to work this way. Why don't you withdraw the case and refile? And so when you do that and refile, you start the clock again. They get another 45 days. So whether that would make the president happy, I don't know. But you could drag this out a little longer if you wanted. If they go through more than one or two review cycles, though, the the committee will tell Microsoft, you know, this deal just isn't going to happen. Sorry. So that's what we have to wait and see. Let's Let's wait as we get closer, but 45 days is the statutory limit. Can you explain what it would actually mean for Microsoft to buy the U.S. portion? Would it go by a different name? Would it be a new company? Would it have any obligations to China? What I've been told, and this is with the caveat that I was also told that the deal is in a very early stage. Things could change dramatically. But as of this week, I think that it would still be called TikTok. ByteDance, as you know, has a Chinese version of TikTok with a different name. Microsoft would be able to have the U.S. market and maybe a couple other markets like Canada, right? ByteDance would get China and the rest of the world. And I asked, well, so what about India, which has banned TikTok? If, if TikTok is owned by Microsoft, India's objections go away. And they said, not clear. So the theory right now is Microsoft would get North America ByteDance, we get the rest of the world. But there's some wiggle room in that. And I asked explicitly, are there no compete deals? And they said, no, not yet. I'm sure there will be, but you're going to see the globe split between ByteDance and TikTok. We'll see how that plays out. And so then potentially all of the TikTok user data could never be turned over to the Chinese government or anything like that. TikTok has been trying for about two months to find ways to pacify the U.S. government. And so Uh, Some time ago, they moved all their data um, out of China to Singapore. And then a further step, they moved all the American data from Singapore to the United States, to a center in Virginia. So TikTok has already isolated the data. They've done as much as they could do to put a firewall between US users and the Chinese government. It's not enough. But right now, I think the risk of using TikTok is close to zero, except for the link to Beijing. And so if they can break that, if they can break the ByteDance ownership thing, TikTok's perfectly safe. So then given all of that, do you have insight into why Trump would sort of keep flip-flopping on this decision of whether or not he was going to try to ban it altogether or whether he was going to give Microsoft an opportunity to buy it? What's What's been Trump's thinking throughout this process as much as you can understand? As much as I can understand, the the tweets are for a political purpose and not in the sense of the election, although I think that's beginning to factor into it. He uses the tweets to shape the discussion in his favor. So he says things in his tweets that it's not clear he really believes them. I've gotten readouts of the president's conversation with people who are in the market for buying TikTok. In those, he he's been much more reasonable and rational, and his concerns have been national security, protection of Americans' personal data, protection of American jobs, and apparently some hint about maybe he'd like a finder's fee, which is also not possible under our authorities. But the tweets don't correlate perfectly with policy because they serve a political purpose, a marketing purpose for the president. And I'm not sure how useful they are as a guide. He'll be told, if he hasn't already been told, we can't get a finder's fee. There's no ex gratia payment for the fact that you've thrown Microsoft's in business. He's probably been told he can't ban TikTok. But the tweets are a way to build pressure on ByteDance to make them come to the table. And ultimately, what does the administration achieve if it does bring ByteDance to the table and make this sale? 
TikTok is the only Chinese app that is popular in the United States. It is the only piece of Chinese software that tens of millions of people have on their phone. And so there is a security risk there. Beijing is the world's largest surveillance state. They use apps in China as a way to surveil their people. There's some risk there. And so what you get is an end to that risk. You get the end to the chance of Beijing deciding one day that maybe it's useful to use TikTok as a, as a surveillance platform. They haven't done that. TikTok's offered to let people look at their code to make sure of that. That's kind of silly. I mean, you're going to go through 10 million lines of code looking for the line that says Chinese spies click here. It's just, it's just not. But you know, it's it's the potential for Beijing to do something bad. And honestly, you know, they have the world's most extensive surveillance system. They have a massive espionage campaign against the U.S. and they've started a huge global influence campaign to persuade people that China is friendly and a good leader for the world. That's enough to create risk. This deal makes sense. Forcing the divestiture makes sense from that perspective. Over the past week, we've seen this back and forth from the administration, an approach that has left a lot of Americans and a lot of TikTok stars in particular pretty unclear about the future of the app. I went back to technology reporter Rachel one last time for her take on what to expect next from TikTok and the Trump administration. Given all of this based on your reporting, what do you expect to happen with TikTok and the Trump administration going forward? It's still unclear because uh, we don't know how much Microsoft wants to pay and how much ByteDance wants to get. But I think if Microsoft can buy TikTok, then the Trump administration is going to back off because Microsoft is known for having really stringent cybersecurity rules and also a really good relationship with the U.S. government. So it seems like a very safe bet for everyone. If Microsoft is not able to, you know, I think it's really hard to tell. Trump does have some avenues to limit TikTok's reach in the U.S., but that would face pretty enormous pushback. A big thanks to The Post's technology reporter, Rachel Lerman, and senior vice president of CSIS, James Lewis. This has been another episode of Can He Do That?, as always, if you liked it, please tell your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Can He Do That is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by Ariel Plotnik with logo art from Loren Boglio and theme music by Ted Muldoon. There's always more to the story. I'm Leanne Caldwell, anchor of Washington Post Live. Each week, we bring you inside conversations between the newsroom and the people we cover. From global leaders enacting change to cutting-edge artists redefining our culture. And we make you and your questions part of every conversation. Listen to Washington Post Live wherever you get your podcasts and watch on demand at WashingtonPostLive.com.